How do you make a living if you also have a chronic illness? Managing your health can already feel like a full-time job. Endless doctor's appointments, surprise medical emergencies, limited capabilities, and varying energy levels make a 9-to-5 job difficult, if not impossible, to hold down. I feel like an infomercial because the next thing I want to say is, there's gotta be a better way! And I think there is. This is part of a series called Direct to Spoonie Businesses. I want to talk to Spoonie-run business owners whose products, courses, or just donations benefit the chronic illness community. And the first person I reached out to is a no-brainer, Michelle at the Spoonie Sister Shop. If you've ever stumbled across the chronic illness Instagram community, chances are good you've seen some of her amazing designs from her Etsy shop. And 27,000 Instagram followers just don't happen overnight. I wanted to pick Michelle's brain to talk about her successful shop, the steps she took to get her business off the ground, and how she juggles running a busy Etsy store and everything that comes along with being a Spoonie. It's quite the education on how to turn a passion into a business. And if you're like me, you'll want to soak up every piece of information on this week's The Chronic Illness Playbook. So thank you, Michelle, for being on the program today. Uh, Michelle is the owner. She is the founder. She is the creator designer of the Spoonie Sister Shop. You can find them on Etsy. They're not that hard to miss. There are thousands of five-star reviews. And she also runs the Spoonie Sister Shop on Instagram. That's her Instagram, at Spoonie Sister Shop. So Michelle, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. So we're going to start off with just a couple softball questions just to get the ball rolling. You have a couple chronic illnesses and a couple rare diseases. Uh, can you just, you know, walk us through the elevator pitch of those and how long you've had them? Yeah, absolutely. So my chronic illnesses first came on almost about eight years ago at this point. Um, I currently have generalized dysautonomia. I also have mast cell activation syndrome chronic venous insufficiency, and some more minor things like GERD and Renaud syndrome. I have also had surgeries to correct some rare vascular compression disorders. Those were median arcuate ligament syndrome, or MALS for short, and also renal nutcracker syndrome and Maytherner syndrome. So it's been a long journey. Most of the conditions are on the rare side and hard to diagnose but I am happy to have most things diagnosed and uh, better managed at this point. So in doing these interviews, I learn so many things in talking to people with different chronic illnesses and, you know, rare diseases. Nutcracker syndrome was a new one for me. I saw that really? in your list. Yeah, have, have not heard of that, haven't come across it. You know, yeah. for those, the, the uneducated like me, you know, what is, quick little pitch, nutcracker syndrome? Yeah, so it's a vascular compression disorder. It's when your left kidney's vein, the left renal vein, is compressed between two main arteries called the aorta and the superior mesenteric artery. So it kind of cuts off blood supply going back from your kidney into your heart. And so it causes a bunch of blood congestion and pain and a lot of fun symptoms. Yeah, those those sound absolutely fun. <laughs> So, Absolutely. Uh, 
So you know you you just listed off a, a couple chronic illnesses and rare diseases. Um, I'm sure that you know, the treatment for all of those is vast and varied. Uh, what is one like product you use every day to help these or just your chronic illnesses in general? So my main thing for my muscle activation syndrome that I could never go a day without is my handy little mini fan that I keep with me at all times because Very for smart. me. Yeah, for me, the muscle activation syndrome gives me really bad facial flushing and overheating really easily, like if it's over 72 degrees. So I keep a little handy fan near me at all times, and it's kind of strange, but I have learned that I just don't really care because it helps me manage my symptoms better. Very nice. And what part of the country are you in? Does it get over 72 often? Oh, goodness, yes. I am in Dallas, Texas, so we get over 100 often. (laughs) Yeah, no, the, you, you use the crap out of that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Indoors too. And then I would have to say definitely electrolyte drinks and compression socks for the dysautonomia and the venous insufficiency. So I am a drip drop guy when it comes to electrolyte drinks. What are, what are yours? I am a liquid IV girl. Liquid IV. No, yeah, those are... I have heard lots of great stuff about drip drop too, though. Yeah, no, liquid IV, that packs a punch. Oh my um, goodness! Yes, it does. <laughs> and then uh, compression socks. You know, do you do you have a favorite brand? What do you, what do you do for that? Generic Amazon brand is my go-to. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No. Yeah, those are. What about you? So I'm a I'm a I'm a Jopst, uh pro something. You know, for for guys, I do the I do the knee high. I've talked to a lot of you know women who have pots and dysautonomia, and they they talk about you know waist high stuff. And as a guy, it's a a little uncomfortable to do the waist high thing, so I'm a I'm a mm-hmm. knee high type of person. I am also a knee high type of person. Um, one of my more strange and confusing symptoms is I have uh, external hypersensitivity to the touch of my entire abdomen. It's very very painful. Even the weight of a bed sheet is painful, and if Oof. you press on certain areas, it makes me vomit. So I try to avoid uh, anything touching my abdomen at all. So I stick to knee highs too. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, again, I learn something new all the time. I love these <laughs> interviews. So, yeah, you know, we all just have these really interesting, interesting is one word for it, but really strange symptoms, but definitely all, I'm glad, you know, we're never alone in this. So that's always reassuring. So you started the Spoonie Sister Shop in 2018. Is that right? Yes. October of 2018. So this is what I'm calling the cocktail party pitch, the high school reunion thing. When somebody asks you, so what do you do? What is your answer for that one when it comes to the Spoonie Sister Chef? <laughs> Trying to keep it as simple as possible. I So I own Spoonie Sister Shop, which is a chronic illness awareness apparel and gift shop. I help people spread awareness of any condition. Um, we like to do things like, t- like you mentioned, the t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers type of things. And we are all about empowering people to embrace their chronic illness, not try and be embarrassed or hide from it and stuff, and just try and help people know that they're never alone in their chronic illness journey. Um, it's really easy to look around and not see anyone that you know in person who's going through anything similar to what you're experiencing. But through Spoonie Sister Shop, with something just as simple as a t-shirt, we've been able to help unite people and help them feel 
and know that they're part of this huge community and they're never alone. And it's okay to embrace your illness and spread awareness so that you help others in similar circumstances. That's awesome. And it's grown into being a, you know, you, you don't get 27,000 followers on Instagram overnight, thousands <laughs> of review, five-star reviews on Etsy overnight. So your journey had to start somewhere. What's sort of the origins for you starting this shop? You know, it sounds pretty similar to your origin starting this podcast, but my origin started, you know, I did, so I've had chronic illness for about eight years now for the first five years or so, I did not even know that the online chronic illness community existed. And eventually I came around and discovered the online chronic illness community. And suddenly there were so many people in my same situation, you know, similar experiences like we were just talking about. I saw all of these incredible Spoonies just proudly spreading awareness of their conditions on social media and blogs and podcasts. And I was like, wow, these people are really making a difference by helping others understand that they're never alone. And so the online chronic illness community inspired me to also start trying to spread awareness of my conditions. So naturally, I hop online and I search for just trying to find a few cute chronic illness awareness t-shirts to help me raise awareness of my specific conditions a little easier but I was shocked because first off, there was absolutely nothing available to raise awareness of rare conditions. And even for the ones that, even the apparent awareness apparel that was available was all way too cheesy and outdated. So I thought to myself, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. So <laughs> I happen to have a little bit of experience with graphic design and a tiny bit of experience running an Etsy shop. Um, my first Etsy shop was total fail. That was a craft shop. So lessons <laughs> learned there. <laughs> but this time I was determined to make Spoonie Sister Shop work because I knew just how much good it could do and how much good it could put into the world. And that's how Spoonie Sister Shop was born. Oh, awesome. And the name, you know, were there, were there other uh, titles of the store that you wanted that you couldn't get? Or was this sort of your number one choice for this one? You know, it actually kind of was my number one choice. It happened to be available and I thought it had a nice ring to it and kind of got the point across. So I thought it was good. That's awesome. And so starting a business, especially one where you're sending people things, uh, you have mm -hmm. to, you know, source materials, you have to create the mm -hmm. designs, you have to do a lot of work on the front end before you can even start, you know, press go and start going. So were there any early roadblocks that you ran into in trying to get the Spoonie Sister Shop uh, out of the gate? Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, it's just all about product testing and figuring out what's going to work, what's not going to work. How do I spend my time, you know, designing versus marketing versus producing all everything? You know, it's a balancing act. But, you know, a few months into it, you start to get into a rhythm and you figure it out and you figure out which products work, which products people prefer, which products you know are the best quality and things like that. Well, I, I did a little deep dive into your reviews because I'm a uh, I'm a T-shirt guy. 
If you ask my wife, I have too many. I would disagree. I have the right amount of t-shirts, but I'm very picky about, you know, style and feel and all of those type of things. And you found shirts that people absolutely love the feel of. The designs are wonderful. The designs are absolutely great, but that can all be wonderful. And the shirt can, you know, be a burlap sack and nobody's going to wear it. You found some great shirts. How did you find these shirts? How did you source the right ones? Oh, you know, just a lot of research, but I know for me personally, I'm someone who's very sensory sensitive too. And I know that that's very common among the chronic illness community. I know most of, a lot of us are like that. And so I thought it was just very important to make sure that I found shirts with the right material that would make the most amount of people comfortable and um, not deter them from, you know, oh, I have this cute awareness shirt, but I don't like the way it feels. I can't wear it, you know, things like that. It's just trying to make sure it would be good for everyday use. And, you know, you're you're running the business, as you said, you're, you know, producing, you're designing, you even have to do the marketing. That is no small feat, especially for somebody with chronic illnesses and rare diseases and, you know, juggling this with going to the doctors and taking care of yourself. How do you manage that? What are what is sort of your routine that you're able to balance both? Yeah, you know, that's that's the beauty of selling on Etsy because you're your own boss. You're able to make your own hours work when you feel good, not work when you don't feel good. Um, so again, it took a while to get into a good rhythm, but in general, I'm a morning person. I feel best in the morning. So I always try to work as much as possible. People probably get weirded out that I send them messages at 5 a.m. because that's just when I'm feeling good. <laughs> and so, you know, responding to customers super early. But so I've learned that, you know, I need to take some time for me when I'm feeling good, too. But overall, I try to work as much as I can while I'm feeling good. Some days are just horrible flare up days. And you know what? I'll just do the bare minimum needed. Um, but other than that, it, I think it's just a really personal um, time management situation where you're just going to have to figure out what works best for you. And it's going to be trial and error, but eventually you'll get it. That's great. Yeah. No, I, you're a morning person. I'm very jealous of that. It takes <laughs> me a little bit. I'm a little bit of a diesel engine. You got to run it for a little bit. And then, you know, my wife says probably around like 10, 11 o'clock, I finally wake up. So yeah, you know. and see if that's for me, I, around 10 or 11 p.m., I have been in bed for two hours already. <laughs> so <laughs> got it. So your your store is Spoonie facing. You're interacting with Spoonies, you're selling to Spoonies, you're talking with them. What have you learned about either your chronic illnesses or learned about yourself in running this business and interacting with Spoonies from all over the world? Oh, gosh. Well, first off, I've learned there are thousands and thousands of different chronic illnesses. And as someone who is very interested in medical things and anatomy and things like that, I think it's so interesting to get to learn about all these different conditions so that I can best serve those customers who are wanting, you know, specialty items or they're wanting to make an awareness ribbon because their condition doesn't have one yet and things like that. Um, so I guess just learning about all the different chronic illnesses, learning how people feel and the overlap of symptoms for so many different conditions. Um, I think it's just all really neat to learn about. And I'm hoping that by me being uh, curious about it all, I'm, ho I'm hoping that I'm better serving the customers and friends. <laughs> They're all that turn into, that's the thing, you know, it all just turns into customers, friends, all of it together. 
Well, you have a promo video online of a bunch of people, you know, wearing your shirts and it's a it's a great marketing video. Um, are they all local? Did people come in for that? I, I'm curious how many Spoonie friends you do you have that are, you know, able to do that for you. Yeah, that was such a neat experience. That was so much fun. So basically I put a call out on our on my Instagram stories, the Spoonie Sister Shop stories, and just said hey, is anyone near the Dallas, Texas area, does anyone want to be part of a modeling video and get together and stuff? And so then, you know, the first 15 or so girls that responded, that was like, okay, that's that's how we're going to go. And then I just kind of cut it off because, you know, we could only have fit some, it was also in the age, you know, having to be careful with Corona, but at the same time um, trying to work that out. But it was just such a neat experience because, you know, it was for the first time, it was the first time that many of the other Spoonies were able to actually meet someone in person who had chronic illness too. You know, for so many of us, we might know one or two other people in our lives in person that has something, but usually not as severe as our symptoms are. And so it was just a really neat experience for us all to connect and get to know one another and everyone just, you know, every five minutes, someone's like, this is just so neat. I can't believe I'm meeting other Spoonies in person. So it was a really fun day. And the photographer and videographer, Anne, did such a good job with it. And we were just all so pleased with it. And it made a lot of good memories. That's awesome. You had your own little like Spoonie convention in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's pretty great. much. Even the, even and the photographer and videographer is a spoonie too. So it was just a really neat experience. Wow, that's awesome! So you took your passion for you know you or it may not be a passion, but you you have a little bit of background in you know graphic design and that type of thing. You saw a want and a need in the community for good shirts and you know things that you would want to wear and you know to use for support. What advice do you have for people who are trying to turn their passion into either a side hustle or even a full-time job? Yeah, I think for Spoonies who are trying to do that, I think it's really important to try and find ways to automate things. It can get a little confusing at first, and it's tough to try and do some research and figure out ways to make different products or different ideas automated, but that way you're not having to do as much of the physical labor each day, but you can still get to do everything that you're passionate about, the creative end of things, or maybe you're a writer and things like that. You know, just finding ways to try and make things a little more automated is usually the best way to go. Got it. And so is the Spoonie Sister Shop, is this your what do you spend the majority of your time on do you have any other jobs side hustles anything like that i do spend my majority of time on spoonie sister shop i also spend a little bit of time part-time marketing for my family business uh we own a performing arts academy and so i also kind of work over there too doing marketing for them that's awesome i'm i'm in marketing for performing arts too, television. Oh, you nice. Know. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a little different. Yours is a little bit more pure. Mine is, you know, on television with commercials in between. Um, what's the Performing Arts Center? It's the Dallas Academy of Music and Performing Arts. And it's, it's basically a school that uh, teaches kids music, dance, voice, acting, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. 
I, you know, random things about me. I grew up in the theater, you know, did a billion years of, you know, musical theater and that type of stuff. So absolutely nice. love those things. That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. I grew up um, as a visual artist. My brother grew up as a musician. And so, you know, kind of all blends together and I love getting to work with them too. Well, yeah, the years of, you know, the visual artistry is definitely paying off, you know, with your, with your shop. Absolutely wonderful designs. Uh, very interested in, you know, digging in on more of your day-to-day with your chronic illnesses and your rare diseases, if that's cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Are there, you know, uh, what, what's the biggest misconception that you've encountered with people in your life about your chronic illnesses and rare diseases? I guess one of the biggest misconceptions, the most easy misconception is that eventually you're going to be all better again and that your chronic illnesses are going to go away because people don't always um, completely understand that chronic illnesses are chronic, Um, especially for me personally, because some of my conditions have been able to be fixed through surgeries. I've had eight, uh, seven surgeries And so, um, some of my conditions have gone away, but most of them are going to be chronic. And so, um, I think it's really easy for, if you haven't been experienced, if you don't have any exposure to chronic illness or family or loved one or anything like that, it can be easy to be like, Oh, well, you just need to do this. I hope you feel better soon. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. uh, Get better soon and chronic. It's like, uh, I'd love to pass out some dictionaries for people to explain what those words mean, but yeah. Yeah. I know it's always with a good heart, well-intentioned, but it's like, it's not going to go away, but okay. (laughs) But thank you. You know, I I appreciate the sentiment, but um, so you, you mentioned earlier that if you have some sort, if you have a bad day or a flare day, you know, you, you may do less with the, the Spoonie sister shop. What does a flare day look like for you? Oh, well, right now a flare day looks like laying horizontal pretty much the entire day. Um, heating pad, fan, you know, trying to manage stuff. I've currently got some abdominal pain flaring back up again. Uh, possibly another vascular compression. I have more imaging next week to find out. Um, so I spend majority of my day just kind of laying down, trying to manage symptoms as best I can. And I read online somewhere that you're a, you're a fan of Netflix, as many of us have, uh, you know, over the past year and a half have gotten into that habit. What are you watching right now? Oh, gosh. Right now I am watching a series. I can't remember what it's. Oh, it's called The Five. And it's just a I'm really into like murder mystery type of stuff. So that's been interesting. Very cool. No, I, we, we're always looking for things to do. You know, as we get into the fall and the winter, who knows what's going to happen with COVID, whether we're going to be able to go out or we're going to stay in more. So always looking for more recommendations on what to watch because we may need them in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned that, you know, when you do have a flare day, using the fan, using the heating pad, what, are there any other things in your flare bag of tricks that you can bring out and use to make yourself just, you know, 1% feeling a little bit better those days? Mm, I mean, I guess just the electrolyte drinks really help me, help me revive a little bit. Um, sometimes depending on the type of pain I'm experiencing, I like to use a TENS unit, which just sends basically really a gentle electrical stimulation to whatever part of your body is hurting. Um, that kind of helps out with my spine pain sometimes. And I think that's about it. Oh, that's cool. 
I, I haven't heard anyone use those those tens unit things on uh you know for chronic illness. I know athletes and bodybuilders, you know, they they love those things, but yeah. Yeah, me too. You know, a physical therapist introduced me to it a long time ago, several years ago, and um and I had a lot of luck with it at first. Eventually my body kind of got used to it and so it kind of stopped doing much. I don't really use it too much anymore because it, you know, doesn't seem to provide much relief, but you know, for the first year or so that I was using it, I was all about the tens unit. It helped so much. I love finding something new that is just like, oh, this is wonderful. This is great. You know, sometimes the, as you said, the benefits fade. But for those, mm-hmm. for those moments where it's, you know, oh, this is a great new thing. It's a, that's a pretty good feeling. So uh, what has been the most embarrassing part of your chronic illnesses and rare diseases that you normally don't broadcast, but you will hear so that if anybody else is feeling the same thing, they're not feeling so alone? Yeah. So, well, so it's not something I can easily hide if you see me in person, but probably the most embarrassing part for me is my massive 24-7 abdominal bloating. Um... My doctors and I still don't really know what's causing it, even after years and years and years of tests and treatment trials and things like that. Um, But it's just really uncomfortable. Um, I look like I'm about five months pregnant all the time, and I've looked that way since about 2012. So, um, So it's not fun, but I know I'm not nearly alone in that struggle. So many of us Goonies have massive bloating for a wide variety of reasons. So um, I'm glad that I'm not alone and you know, it's embarrassing a little bit, but at this point, I'm used to it, too. Got it. And I'm very interested in people's habits, because um, you've been living with these things for, you know, eight, nine years. Uh, you get into routines. Um, and a, a thing that I like to look at is, you know, the the Watergate thing. You follow the money. What do you spend the most money on? You know, we're both in America. So besides healthcare, besides doctor's visits, you know, what do you prioritize and spend your most money on that helps your chronic illnesses and uh, rare diseases? Yeah, probably some of the gadgets that we've talked about, like the electrolyte drinks, compression socks, fan, heating pads, TENS unit, things like that. Um, You know, it's one thing here or there, but it does add up over time. So you mentioned that you're a morning person. You're not a night person. I'm I'm more of a night owl, but you know, I I can get what it means to be a morning person. Do you have any type of routine in the morning um that first hour of the day that, you know, gets you ready, gets you going, is able to, you know, make sure that you can maybe start the day without not uh, without too much difficulty with your chronic illnesses and rare diseases? Yeah. So I usually just wake up, get some water. And first thing is I sit down and process my Etsy orders. Um, I get that knocked out because I usually, you know, as the day goes on, the symptoms start to get worse and worse. So I try to knock it out as soon as I possibly can. Um, Might eat some breakfast while I do it. Might save that for later. Uh, Things like that, basically. Got it. And so you've been doing this for quite some time, you know, since 2012, uh, were there any mistakes at the beginning of your chronic illness or disease journey? Um, any mistakes that you made, anything you wish you had done differently, anything of that sort? Yeah. So my biggest mistake was basically trying to ignore what was happening and not seek out much help from doctors. Um, and then eventually when I did, the first doctor I saw about my symptoms just had no idea what was going on. 
the next doctor who was a gastroenterologist ran labs and basic imaging, which all came back normal. So he said, I was just going to have to learn to live with IBS, which stands for irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. And, you know, I was probably 19 at the time. So I didn't think twice about it and just completely took him at his word and just told myself, okay, I'm just going to have to learn to live with my new normal. But over the next couple of years, you know, things were getting worse and worse. I still didn't seek out help because I thought it was, you know, quote, just IBS. You know, I know that's very, a very tough condition for so many people. But for me, um, not seeking out more help was a huge mistake because I didn't actually have IBS. I had those vascular compressions, but it was misdiagnosed as IBS. And so by me not seeking out more help, it only made my vascular compressions get worse and worse and worse over time, which led to dysautonomia, which led to mast cell activation syndrome because they weren't being proper because none of it was properly managed. So I definitely wish I would have been more aggressive about getting help. And so you did a an Instagram video uh, where you brought people to your doctor's appointments for a week. And it seemed like you had a very busy week and hitting multiple specialists. Do you have any type of hospital go bag, anything, you know, waiting in case you do have to go to the emergency room? And uh, what's in it? Yeah, I definitely have an ER go bag. Um, Just some basics, you know, change of clothes, um, phone chargers, fan, uh, anything, extension cord. I'm trying to think. I think there's chapstick and socks. Um, things like that. And basically, and just a little bit of my daily meds, just in case. The extension cord is very smart. I haven't thought to put that in there because the outlets at hospitals are all over the place. Oh, the extension cord is key. It is such a necessity because yeah, you never know where the plugs are going to be. It's never going to be close enough. So highly recommend adding that to your bag. Yeah, many a time leaning over an ER bag or ER bed trying to, you know, with my phone as it's charging. And it's like, oh, you know, didn't think of the moment. Maybe having a yeah. couple couple extra feet would be helpful. Yeah, um, definitely. So besides doctors, you know, accurately diagnosing you with, you know, what was actually going on and not uh, saying it was just a IBS. Other than that, because that would have been nice. Um what do you wish the doctors had first said to you when you were first diagnosed? What do you think could have really helped you on your journey? Um, well, I guess, well, before I got diagnosed, I just wish they had said, you know, we aren't sure exactly what's happening, but we're just going to keep digging at this until we figure out what's going on. Um, that would have been great. I wish I would have known back then how important self-advocacy is too, because I now realize after going through such a long diagnosis process, you really have to be your own best self-advocate because it's so easy to get lost in the system. It's so easy to just fall under the radar. And it's so easy to just, you know, even if your symptoms aren't being managed well, it's so easy to say, well, but Dr. Blah, blah, blah said, I only need to do this. And so I guess this is as good as it gets. No, you need to be your own best self-advocate. You need to get the help you deserve. And you're going to have to take action on that yourself. And it might be uncomfortable at first, but you'll get used to it. You'll get in the swing of things and it'll absolutely be worth it. It a hundred percent feels uncomfortable that first time because mm-hmm. I, 
my personality, I'm not a, you know, can I speak to a manager? You know, oh, this is something wrong on my sandwich. I did not ask, can we, you know, send this back? I'm just a, I'll make it work type thing. And yep. it becomes something where it's like, oh, my health isn't a Reuben I got at a deli that has pickles on it and I didn't want pickles. Like, this is the thing that's going to keep me alive. So, you know, once you get into that rhythm, sure, it can become natural. It becomes a thing that you can do without, you know, your heart rate going through the roof and having a slight panic attack. You could actually do it, but you're absolutely right. Those first couple of times are wildly uncomfortable, but you can get over that hump. Absolutely. Yeah. So uncomfortable as a super shy introvert who could never face any confrontations. It was so uncomfortable at first, but then you reach a point where you're like, this is just ridiculous. The way I'm having to manage all of these super severe symptoms, obviously something else is wrong. Obviously we need to fix something. So let's just keep pressing forward. That's great. And then besides self-advocacy, do you have any practical advice for a new Spoonie who has your condition that, you know, maybe could help them start down this road? Yeah. So this kind of piggybacks off of self-advocacy, but I would just say to educate yourself as much as possible. First, you learn as much as you can about your new diagnosis from your doctor. Then you ask your doctor where you can find more information about your diagnosis. And then finally, I think it's really important to also connect with other people who have the same condition to see if they've learned any tips or tricks or hacks for managing that condition. Because usually there's a lot of under the radar tricks that, you know, oh, I've learned to do this and this helps us so much. Oh, okay. I'll try that too. You know? So I think it's really helpful to connect with other people. And a good place to find people with similar conditions is someplace like a Spoonie sister shop. Uh, go, you know, search for your condition, search for your chronic illnesses. And uh, I've seen a lot in people in the post saying, you know, oh, have not seen a T-shirt with XYZ condition on this, that type of thing. So that's a that's a mm-hmm. good place to start if you're looking for people who are in the same boat as you. Um, and so like we we're talking about, you know, you're on Instagram, wildly successful on Instagram. Uh, is there an Instagram account that you follow that positively affects your life? I know a lot of people would possibly say yours, you know, but what oh, inspires you? Oh, so posit- something, an account that positively affects my life is actually an account called Positively Present. Um, they make the cutest, happiest little illustrations that have to do with chronic illness. Their content is always super relatable and just has really good reminders. So I definitely recommend checking out Positively Present. And then, you know, you're, you were talking about, you know, your flare days where you're just hanging out, you're watching the five on Netflix, got the fan, you've got the heating pad. Um, is there any, you know, it could be the chicken soup for your soul, any good recipes that you make on that day just to make you feel a little bit better? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so food is actually a pretty big issue for me right now. I'm not, I don't have a wide variety of foods that I can eat, but I will share that one of my safe foods right now that I absolutely love something kind of unexpected that you probably wouldn't think to do, but eating frozen grapes are so good. It's very random, but I just got to put it out there. Um, 
It tastes just like eating ice cream, which I haven't <laughs> been able to eat for many years. So that was just a very fun recent discovery is eating frozen grapes. Highly recommend. <laughs> and I'm sure in the Texas heat when it's, you know, 110 degrees outside, that's a nice little cooling off thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely avoid going outside at all in the summer because of the dysautonomia, but even inside it is such a tasty treat. That's awesome. No, I've, I haven't tried those in decades, probably. That was, you yeah. know, like a thing as a kid, you know, oh, we've mm-hmm. got them in the, the freezer. But as an adult, God, I need to, I need to add that to my Instacart and try that soon. <laughs> so, so funny. So you've got a couple irons in the fire. You've got your Spoonie uh, sister shop. Um, you've got all the marketing for it. You have your, your own production and distribution team. Uh, and then just juggling the chronic illnesses and rare diseases. How do you combat burnout, whether physically or emotionally? Because that's a lot to have on somebody's plate. You know, everyone's going to reach that stage at some point. Everyone's going to reach burnout, whether it be about their illnesses, just being so sick of being sick. Somewhat, you're going to run into frustrations with, you know, the shop itself. Sometimes, you know, things don't go right. There's some kind of issue that's, you know, with the postal service or production or something doesn't go right. But, you know, I'm really thankful to always have very supportive family and friends around me to where, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I have a bad day, I vent and then it's okay. Then I figure out a way to make things work, just keep plowing forward. And, and also with the shop, just if I ever reach a point of burnout, then I just try and put out some new products and get excited about something new. And, you know, seeing everyone else so excited gets me even more excited. And so it's just kind of a good, good way to get back off of that burnout track. Oh, very cool. What's the what's the latest thing that you've created that got you jazzed, ready to go? Um, some uh, rainbow awareness stickers. Prob- oh, actually, you know what? No, even more recent than that. Um, <laughs> uh, probably the new fall 2021 line. Um, just released it actually yesterday. Um, going to announce it on Instagram next week. But so I'm really excited about that. It's just really fun. Um, seasonal items, just some taking some regular old fall sayings and putting a spoony pun on them. So, you know, cheesy, but fun. <laughs> Could you give us one of the cheesy puns? Oh, yes. The one that everyone always goes for is a shirt that has a saying that says pumpkin spice and no unsolicited medical advice <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of pumpkin spice and everything nice. So yeah. anyways, yeah, things like that. <laughs> Well, I know it's called the Spoonie Sister Shop, but uh, this this guy over here may have to buy one of those. That's, that's, that's <laughs> and very I will funny. Say, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I will say we do have a whole gender neutral line, too. So absolutely trying to uh, there's Spoonies of all different genders. So trying to appeal to everyone. Oh, awesome. Now I got to do some mm-hmm. more digging on that. But, you know, <laughs> for the gender neutral one, if you could make sure that the everything, mm-hmm. the, the pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice and everything. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be sure that to add that. Be in there, <laughs> you, know, you may see a, a package shipping to Los Angeles at some point. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is a, a, a fun question and it, it, you know, shows a little bit of personality and, you know, where your brain is at with all of these type of things. Um, a while ago, I had a weird thought that, Ariel from the Little Mermaid had pots and you know the Little Mermaid was an allegory for it and just the the pieces lined up and I made a 
a TikTok about it and people were duetting it and they were just like, yeah, no, this is weird. This is what I think. So very interested in who, what fictional character you feel has uh, any of your chronic illnesses or rare diseases. Okay. So this might be a bit of a stretch. Oh, but, I'm ready for it. <laughs> but I'm going to say that I think Anna from Frozen might have experienced something similar to what a secondary Renaud syndrome attack might have been because she was always cold. There's <laughs> a scene where she goes up after Elsa on the mountain and she crosses a river. And when she comes out, her feet are frozen. The bottom of her dress is frozen, completely frozen. So then... She asked the little shop owner for some warm boots because her toes are frozen um, to warm up her frozen toes. And then at the climax of the movie, her fingers were the first to turn to ice. So while a little different than conventional Renaud's, I'm just going to go with maybe she could have felt something similar to what secondary Renaud syndrome feels like brought on by Elsa. I am so happy when I ask people this question. I'm so happy you did the research. You went deep. You took, you know, specific things from Frozen. I'm going to guess you've maybe seen Frozen more than once. Just a few times. Just a few times. Got it. Got it. Yeah, no, a lot. <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. No, that it, I love how those little things, you know, could line up. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I can see how, you know. I could that that could uh, apply to this. Yeah, no, your example was super good, so so creative, and I love that. Mine is like, oh, super big stretch, but I'm just gonna go with this. <laughs> it's not that big of a stretch, though. I mean, when it happens time and time again, you know, it wasn't just exactly. once that it happened. It's like it's Disney. a pattern. What are you trying <laughs> to tell us here? Yeah, what mm -hmm. what about this with her? Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And then, you know, a, a nice little positive question, you know, just to end this out. Uh, chronic illness is, and having rare diseases, it's definitely a roller coaster. And we talked about, you know, the flares and, you know, when we're at the bottom. But the good thing about a roller coaster is the momentum brings you back to the top at some point. And so when you're at the top, when you're, you know, running on all cylinders, ready to go, no flare in sight, what do you prioritize with your time? Exercise. Definitely exercise. Um, I'm not always in a state of being able to due to pretty debilitating pain. But when I am able to, I take advantage and I love to run. So I just go for that. Oh, you run. Oh, very cool. I used to. Not I used currently, to but I love to. <laughs> you love to run. Being being a runner can be people are currently running or you're aspiring to running. It's a very yeah like, exactly like the Spoonie community. It's very inclusive. I I used to be more of a runner. You know, it's hard for me to run with pots, but it's you know in high school I was one of those annoyingly skinny. I could just run for thirty miles and not break a sweat type. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh no, it was it was rude. Yeah, no, I was very. I didn't know what I had. You know, this was just normal. And then pots hit, and then then it went away. And it's like exactly. Oh. Yep, I was a tennis player, and you just don't know what you have until suddenly chronic illness hits, and you're like, oh, can't do that anymore. But you know, maybe one day. Maybe one day, and that's I. I love your mentality with that because that's where I'm at with all of this. Is you know, I may not be able to do it now, but nothing's permanent. 
as we, you know, you've seen with yours, life changes, your symptoms change, things change, you know, maybe at some point they're going to change. And then it's like, oh, I will still have this, but I can manage this with running or doing something like that. Very jealous. You can run at times. It's a wonderful meditative thing, you know, getting, mm-hmm. are you a, are you a treadmill? Are you an out on the road type person? Oh, out on the road. I hate treadmills, but yes, uh, <laughs> when it's possible, if it's not summertime and if I happen to be, you know, having in a couple months, good months, then I love to just run outside. Well, and Texas is flat enough where any outdoor run is, you know, pretty nice. I grew up in Ohio where we had a bunch of hills and that type of stuff. And it was just, it was, it was rude. It was, you know, and then you travel to other places and it's completely flat and it's like, oh, I could run so much farther and so much faster if it was like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's shocking. And I'm actually in a part of Texas that has tons of hills too. It is not flat at all. And so it does, it is tricky to like train because, you know, from right from the start, you're having to go up these huge hills. But, yeah. you know, my dysautonomia loves it when I'm able to actually train. It just, you know, makes everything so much better managed. But, you know, so I'm hoping, hoping we'll get to get back not too, in not too long. Well, we'll have to keep in touch. I'm very interested in your running journeys, but also very interested in the Spoonie Sister Shop and how it evolves and how it, you know, continues to grow. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this was a wonderful conversation. Very, really liked getting to know you, the journey of this, and hopefully can, you know, help some people get their passions off the ground and uh, w- interested to see where things go from there. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm honored to have been a guest and I had such a good time. Again, Michelle, you can find Michelle at at Spoonie Sister Shop on Instagram. And it's also the same name, Spoonie Sister Shop on Etsy. That's it. And so also, if you're listening right now and you would like to go to Spoonie Sister Shop, that's www.etsy.com slash shop slash Spoonie Sister Shop. And you can use coupon code PLAYBOOK10, that's PLAYBOOK, T-E-N, for 10% off any order at Spoonie Sister Shop. That's really awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. And, you know, that's 10%, but also 10% of proceeds also go to some sort of charity. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. 10% of all of our proceeds are donated to the National Organization for Rare Disorders, It's NORD for short. Um, They do a lot of really neat things for rare disease spoonies. You might be familiar with their Rare Disease Day, which is on February 28th, 29th. Uh, They're the organization behind that. But they just do all kinds of awesome things like education, advocacy, research, and patient services. And so we're always, I'm always very happy to donate to them every month of 10% of proceeds from Spoonie Sister Shop. That's really awesome that you do that. Thank you. Yeah, it's really important to me, you know, as someone with rare diseases and stuff, it's just the least we can do to give back to an organization that does so much good for so many people. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Chronic Illness Playbook. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, we really wouldn't mind if you left us a positive comment and rating. You can find more information about the podcast at Chronic Illness Playbook on Instagram or visit us at chronicillnessplaybook.com. Well, that's it for me today. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. And until next time... 
see you real soon. The Chronic Illness Playbook Podcast is for informational and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information about products and services contained on this podcast does not constitute endorsement or recommendation by the Chronic Illness Playbook. The Chronic Illness Playbook is not responsible nor liable for any advice, course of treatment, diagnosis, or any other information, services, or products that you obtain through this podcast.